Well, it's going to be low on news and high on speculation, I think. And I'm fine yeah. doing hour-long episodes. I don't like it when it goes like two, three, you know, an hour and a half. That's two, true. That's true. Hours. I mean, without Ryan, we're not going to ramble anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> Well, I was I was telling Tasha it's with, between the three of us we should be able to get something because you like to talk a lot, Chaz. That's true. I love hearing so. the sound of my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Johnny Ten. And you're listening to the Relics of War. And welcome to the Wrightsville Podcast, a podcast about Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, and the Guild Wars community on a whole. I am Tasha, uh, I will be your host for today. And joining me today, there is the one and only Tiger Feet from SecretAgentCats.com. Resistance is futile, you will be assimilated. I, I will be, I will be, I'll become one of the Borg. As long as it has to be the Cusius, it's fine. <laughs> uh, also joining me is Chaz from Chaz's Totally Awesome blog. Hey guys, he's back, folks. He's back. back. Yes, um, Canada's Hat Man has has joined us again from other places. Where have you been, actually? Um, I just wasn't in the other episodes. Like everyone had a set schedule, and they didn't want me in it. So I guess you know. Well, okay. Whatever. Last week, I can I can understand that, but otherwise, that's just mean of Ryan, really. <laughs> uh, also, I can see you trying to be annoying and uh, stuff on the. Uh, the outline, so I am promptly closing it because I can do it blind. So, <laughs> <laughs> how's your two weeks been? Oh, decent, decent. Had s- several tests, did well in them, happy about it. Just want to get my diploma and move on, really. How long you got left? Um, end of April, and then I go for an applied degree. Which will be fun. And that's how long? It'll be fun. That's another two years, and then, I don't know, another two or three years, and I get a, I'm an account, a designated accountant. That's a long time. It is. But I'll be working it through there, because, yeah. See, I, I finished my degree, like, um, what were we on? 2011. Four years ago now, and uh, I kind of got about halfway through my degree and decided that I actually didn't really want to do the subject I was doing anymore, and kind of had to push myself through that last year, so it wasn't a complete and utter waste. Ouch. Yeah. And then I ended up doing research at the same university, which really wasn't part of the plan, but <laughs> never mind, it worked <laughs> out alright, so uh, yeah. And then I went from that, I did a degree in robotics, by the way, just, just so people know, and somehow out of that I ended up doing programming full-time. I'm still not sure how that worked out, but never mind, it was all good. How was your week, Tiger? Oh, my week was pretty boring, actually. Been working with insurance adjusters. I got into a car accident a couple weeks back and trying to figure out how to get my car fixed and or replaced. We should just also say Tiger is fine out of car accident. It's just the car that isn't so good. Yeah, yeah. Well, the car is actually not too shabby either. It still runs. So I've been driving that. And my foot is cold because I tripped over the cat dish and got water on it. Which, damn. It's a good reason why that sucks. Tiger should not have kitties. <laughs> no, I love my kitties. I've got one of them right here. And I just lost the oh. plot. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything else to okay, interesting sorry. to add. Uh, my week has mostly been uh, work-related and uh, taking care of um, sort of the relics of all side of things um, whilst um, 
Ryan's on a bit of a break. Uh, so, yeah, I've been kind of spamming the blog a bit and uh, raging at WordPress plugins that won't work for some people um, and suddenly then decide that they're you know not being worked on anymore, which is really annoying. Um, uh, yesterday, I spent most of the day clearing out the garage and finding stuff I didn't even know that I had, which always seems to happen whenever you clear out a garage. So, yeah, productive week is productive, but yeah. Um... Chaz, yeah. was there anything else yes. you wanted to say? Um, that's interesting. You call it a garage instead of a garage. Well, I'm, I'm British. I do that. I know, I know. It's, it's interesting, <laughs> though. Okay. I keep, wanting to, you, I keep wanting you to say carriage house instead of when you say garage, <laughs> I think. Okay. I, I might be British, but we, we drive cars here, not carriages. I, I don't have horses <laughs> in my backyard. Well, you should, because that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be weird. I can just imagine it now, opening the curtains in the morning and being greeted by a horse. <laughs> it's not worth it, guys. There's, it, They poop everywhere, and... Uh... Yeah, I used to ride horses when I was a kid. Yeah, it, it's not great. Mm. It is, but yeah. Uh, I need to do a shout-out as well to Iron Fist Schmuckman. We had a pie day last week, and um, I gave him one of the prizes. I think he won the raffle, and I just want to give him a shout-out because he said he was enjoying listening to the show and our ladies' episode that we had last week, so shout-out to him. Yay! Um, Also, on a more serious note, go on, Chaz. You put it in the show notes. You get to read it. Okay, guys. So, oh, now it feels like I'm getting all the attention here. No, no, but really, um, so as everyone knows, uh, last week or so, um, a devastating uh, earthquake and tsunami hit Japan, and we don't really know what's really going to happen with the nuclear reactors that are kind of going critical, but a lot of countries are starting to pull out from like the relief effort. I know that uh, Canada pulled their people out because they, uh, re- they didn't have the equipment to handle um, radioactive areas. So basically, I'm just calling out to the listeners, anyone, if you can uh, find in your heart... Because, I don't know, maybe you're experiencing a tough month and you don't really have some extra cash to, to uh, throw at this. But if you do, it'd be really cool if you could donate to the Japanese Red Cross. They're in the area. They're helping people out. And I mean, yeah, help your fellow men out if you can. Absolutely. And um, also just to highlight as well, uh, NCSoft have um, made a huge donation. Um, $6.1 million they've donated to the Japanese Red Cross. Um, to give you an idea of the scale of that, um, Square Enix put 1.2 million forward, and um, they'll become South Korea's biggest charity donor to Japan. Um, NCSoft's donation is five times what um, the Hyundai Motor Group has put forward to the relief effort. So we've already done some good through NCSoft. Um, let's do some more if we can. Um, I'm keeping an eye out and thinking up some ideas, maybe to do some kind of fundraiser in Guild Wars. I know. Gwen um, probably are already. So if there's anything that you guys want to do, any ideas you have, get in touch with us and we'll see what we can do um, to help our fellow human beings by gaming because that's always fun. So yeah, uh, less serious stuff now. Um, I think we'll move on to sequel scuttlebutt. Um, It's going to be a news light episode this week after PAX East, everything's just kind of shut down. So news light, speculation heavy, but hopefully it'll all be entertaining. If you love MMOs, you'll want to check out Guild Wars 2. And if you hate MMOs, you'll really want to check out Guild Wars 2. not want to build the same MMO everyone else wants. Uh, I'm going to play as a char, because uh, I want to be a badass. Are you a badass? No, no I'm not, but I want to be one. 
and I don't have the ability to make the noises, so imagine there was a sequel Scuttlebutt thing there. <laughs> okay, it's... Captain, what be that over there? Arr, that be sequel Scuttlebutt. Except it's not that. It's, it's it, not that? No, it's the uh, the clips from the Manifesto video together now. That's true, that's true. Uh, I can't remember the Manifesto video, so I'm just going to say I want to be a char, because I want to be a badass. And are you a badass? No, no, I'm not, but I want to be. <laughs> Chaz, our own personal <laughs> calling ass. <laughs> okay, so uh, last week we touched briefly on our underwater weapon sets. Uh, came out from Ravius, who was tweeting whilst we were just before I think we went on on to record the show, and it was an unfortunate sort of timing last week because we recorded it uh, our usual time, which is about sort of midday uh, Eastern. And by the time I got the episode out, which is around six o'clock, we'd had a whole load of extra information and a whole load of new screenshots. So by the time the episode was actually out, it was out of date already, um, <laughs> which is shit, quite frankly. But never mind. This, these kind of things happen when it's convention weekend. The news just goes so quick, we can't keep up. Um, so we said last week that there's probably one underwater weapon set. It turns out it's actually going to be two. Um, so... Any further thoughts on the underwater weapon sets? Now you've had a bit of time to digest it. I still think they're going to be just your regular weapons, but giving you an extra weapon set for it, because I'm I'm guessing that the weapons are going to probably use, work differently when they're underwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe instead of having, like, I don't know, dual pistols, you'll have, like, a harpoon gun. I don't think they're going to be things like harpoons. But it's it can happen, though. <laughs> I think it'll just be regular weapons that work differently. Underwater. Okay. So, I mean, we also saw a bit of concept art, which was a pistol where the sort of uh, barrel and handle of it were in the shape of a fish. Um, that was. Yes, it's, and, it's actually a Hall of Monument reward, actually. Is that the one? Hall of Monument one? Okay, fine. It might yeah. be. Yeah. I'm going to continue to be obnoxious and difficult and say that it's just another weapon skin. Yeah, well, that's fine. Just, I'm just yeah. I'm yeah. more highlighting the fact they're making sort of um, marine themed weapons that possibly mm. would fit. In with your underwater weapon sets. Ah, oh, yes. I want some f- fish nunchucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Y- you can you can want that if you want. I, I want it. Fine. Yeah. I'm trying to think what the bows would look like if they're marine. It's kind of hard to notch an arrow when you're underwater. This is another thing, though. It's like we still haven't heard about how they're going to deal with um, melee versus ranged underwater. And yes, to be firing honest, arrows underwater is going to uh, be difficult to be honest i think they're just going to take the gamey approach and just let it work i mean what's the point of adding this entirely new system when you can just use the bare bones concept because i understand that water combat is going to be like a big deal for guild wars 2 but at the same time you don't want to just go topsy-turvy in the in the uh mad quest to make it as realistic as possible because in the end we're still in a fantasy game right yeah i can accept underwater fireballs yeah. But ground targeted spells that don't work because you're underwater without something that does work in place will not be cool. Mm. But I don't think they're going to do that. Well, that's actually something. I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Have they. How many of the offensive ground targeted skills have we seen that are based on uh, the weapon sets versus the utility slash elite slots? Because. I mean, it may be they only actually redesign half of the bar when you go underwater rather than the entire thing. That's hmm. a good point. I actually haven't looked at that very much, because all that stuff is on the wiki, and I can't get to the wiki. Right. Not at work, anyway. Which is what I... I see it, though, even if you do use the wiki, I mean, 
the game's still not even in open beta yet. Anything mm-hmm. can change. They can easily just remake skills as they see fit. Yeah, but fairy yeah. crafting is fun. Yeah, True. we saw a lot of that with the necromancer. I guess they took the necromancer's pet that he had off of um, Death Shroud, and now it's just a regular pet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Fend was telling me about that. Yeah, it's. Um, I saw that, but I don't know what they've replaced it with off the top of my head. I don't think they have replaced it. I just think that Death Death Shroud still works as it normally does. You go into this Death Shroud ability and can run around and do Death Shroudy things. I don't know the specifics. You just basically don't have it's like a down. It's basically you know how you have downstate abilities when you're all, when you're pretty much defeated and bleeding out. Mm-hmm. Necromancers instead of having a downstate, they have a super state that they can go in. When they're either defeated, they just immediately pop into this um, death shroud, which is like their down state, which gives them a bunch of new, different, quirky functionality changes to their skills and spells. Yeah. And they can pop out of it whenever they want, pop in and out of it whenever they want to. Yeah. So they can enter death shroud at will, but also instead of going into the down state, they go into death shroud instead. Mm-hmm. So it basically it opens up the idea that their health is a, just as much of a resource as their energy. Right. Because you can use like stuff that removes your health and then enter that down your down state more often so that you have all those powerful spells, right? Well, you don't have to be downed to enter Death Shroud. Oh, yeah, I know, but it definitely you... improves the functionality, right? No. No? Okay. It's, it's, the, same, it's the same state whether you're downed or not. It, it's a boon to, that you get to be in Death Shroud when you're downed instead of just lying on the ground and throwing rocks. Okay. Pathetically. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, sometimes that rock will daze the target. Sometimes. <laughs> you look like you've got a broken wrist in the process. Yes, that's great. Um, just had a quick look on the wiki, see what they're saying for Death Shroud. Apparently, it's Dark Path, Deadly Swarm, Deathly Swarm, sorry, Doom, Life Transfer, and End Death Shroud are the skills you now get. So, um, yeah, looks like they're just leaving that minion out entirely. Mm-hmm. Never mind. But, yeah. So... Well, the weapon sets kind of talk through that one, I think. It's very much in the wait and see category, um, but we'll hope that they've looked at it from a logical but practical viewpoint, I think. Um, one other uh, sort of tip that we had this week came uh, via Izzy uh, on Twitter. Um, Guild Wars 2 PvP asked them a question about um, whether they thought that assassins would be overpowered um, through their use of stealth. And uh, being like a split character, um, is he replied back, uh, basically saying that they haven't experienced that, and that as it's possible to resurrect from stealth, it's quite often useful to have the assassin with the main team because they can they can do that um, even without coming out of stealth, which is quite useful. I'm that in your awesome. base, but honestly, your enemy. <laughs> Honestly, though, every anyone who's complaining that the assassin looks like it could be overpowered, just imagine you can prevent them resurrecting from stealth by throwing down an AOE skill right on top of the person who's downed. Mm-hmm. And that's going to take care of it because it'll damage him and pop him out of stealth immediately. Furthermore, so. quit your bitching and wait for open beta. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was actually really a bitch. It was more just a general concern. I mean... Well, yeah, I know that, like, obviously the assassin in Guild Wars was pretty overpowered and gimmicky when it first came out. So I understand the concern here, but for all we know, I mean, Isaiah's already dealt with the whole palm strike, palm strike issue. I'm pretty sure he's not going to make another one again. Let's hope, Mm -hmm. let's hope. Let's hope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's just that... Oh, ye little faith. 
yeah, I as long as he has more, as long as he has more than just himself as the design or as the balance team, it'll be all good. Well, it's not even that. It's I mean, when it comes to PvP. Okay, yes, yeah, sometimes they make some fairly obvious mistakes, but even with an office of two hundred people, that's nothing compared to a rabid fan base of like five hundred thousand who are mm-hmm. purposely going out their way to find the most broken way to gather faction they possibly can. True. Um. I mean, some of the things like SBRI back in its day, I don't think they ever thought that was going to come out, and it was hard. So what was the skill again? Um, SBRI, it was a combination of uh, a necromancer skill and also a mesmer skill, which when together, spammed together with a whole load of hexes, basically dealt a huge amount of armor, ignoring damage in a very short period of time. SBRA. SBRI. Um, I think it was reoccurring insecurity was one of the skills, and I've now forgotten what SB stood for. Soul Barbs. Yes. Soul Barbs. I remember that. Yes. Okay, I remember that thing. Yeah, Uh, and that was one of the things that they said they didn't expect to happen. So. Yeah. Well, now that secondaries are, like, pretty much removed from the game, this secondary abuse is pretty much, like, out of the... (laughs) But this even wasn't a secondary abuse, though. This was, um, you'd have one necromancer and one mesmer on the team. Oh, okay. And and they would work together. I think you actually had, like, three necros and two mesmers or something, some combination like that. So it's a cross-combination thing, which Mm -hmm. is something we're still going to see. And um, it could possibly cause a few issues if people might... Yeah, that's true. So... Right. Um, also in news this week, Arena Artists again won a whole load of Spectrum Awards um, with a couple of their pieces of art. I'm just dra- dragging it up now. Uh, who was it? It's Richard, awesome. Richard Anderson won the gold medal for institutional art for uh, the piece of artwork called Night March. Um, it's kind of similar to the cover, front cover of um, the very first novel, if you've seen that. And Kikai Kotaki uh, won the gold medal for concept art um, with a piece of art called Riven Earth, which doesn't look anything how I remember Riven Earth, but it looks very cool instead. I'm so excited to see different ArenaNet artists winning awards. I mean, Daniel Dochu is a fantastic artist, but he's not the only fantastic artist they've got there. Mm -hmm. And it's just, they really have an all-star artistic team. And I just, I remember looking at their artwork and you asked me to do a certain piece, Tasha, that I'm still working on. And I'm just looking at what they've done and just studying that is such an inspiration for me personally with my own artwork Mm -hmm. that I'm so happy to see them win these awards. So congratulations, guys. You've definitely earned it. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And Tasha, that definitely does look like reminiscent of Riven Earth. I evidently need to look harder. I remember it. Um, I remember a bunch of floating rocks everywhere and huge waterfalls. Right. But these have got like, are they god heads or animal heads? Human heads. Something uh, like that, anyway. Maybe. Maybe. I do remember, um, I do remember, like, stone heads of people in Riven Earth over the waterfalls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe that's, like, if it, for all we know, Riven Earth could have, like, changed a lot, you know? Like, we're going to see a lot more of Riven Earth, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, this is zero land still, I think. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and one other piece, well, two other pieces. Um, Ravius from Kill Turn Rats um, has gone on a bit of a, well, let's go with essay writing spree of late. Um, of all his information that he gathered through various different means uh, whilst he was at PAX. Uh, there was two sort of pieces we want to draw on today. Um, one was his chats with various people um, on mechanics and crafting. There's another one um, with Jeff Grubb on Law. Tiger, do you want to go through the one 
from Bout Law. Um, that was the one you linked me just before the show started, right? Yeah. Throwing you in the deep yeah. end. <laughs> well, I read it, and overall, the entire impression I got was it was mostly about nuts and bolts, how they go about writing things, and less about specific information. Like, he didn't get any answer as to what the Mersat are up to, what's going on with the Forgotten. Basically, um, Jeff Grubb was saying that they want to leave doors open and want to give people options to play with because that's where creativity comes from. And he mentioned that he wasn't happy with having to kill Abaddon off at the end of Nightfall. Mm-hmm. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't already done this in like, what was it, the game was released in 2006, then it's no longer a spoiler. Yeah. If you're listening yeah. to this podcast anyway. But anyway, he wasn't he wasn't very happy with having to do that because it closed a door. And Ravius mentioned what other things could have happened if, say, instead Abaddon was redeemed. And so they just slapped him on the wrist and said, oh, now Abaddon, don't bring the world into hell. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, guys. But no, I thought it was a very interesting look into how the lore designers' minds work. Mm-hmm. They just, mm-hmm. you know, they like to set up options for the story writers to have, and then basically they're giving them tools to write with and different elements to play play with. Yeah, definitely. We know. Um, he talked. Sorry, go on. Sorry. He talks a little bit about the Norn too, and about um, basically the the Sons of Svanir references. A lot of people were really confused that the Sons of Svanir were tolerated, even though they revered the dragon. They're only tolerated to the point where they reflect Norn culture. Like if when they become ice brood, they're no longer considered to be Norn. And he compared this to. Give me a second. Let me find it. To a motorcycle rally in Sturgis, South Dakota. He says, like, once a year, all these motorcyclists get together, and even some of the outlaw motorcycle gangs, the 0.6%, I think he called it. No, the, the one percenters. And basically, these gangs are tolerated at Sturgis as long as they, they behave themselves mm-hmm. and don't cause problems even though the majority of the motorcycle community does not agree with their outlook and with what they're doing. But because it's a great big get-together, he called it a real-life moot, like the Norn would have, mm-hmm. um, they're tolerated. So that's, I thought that was a pretty good comparison. Right. I think Ryan here will be making a reference to cosplayers at game conventions, but I won't. <laughs> um, Kill them with fire. <laughs> It's the only you know way what? you can stop them. People who who have dedicated enough to go in full cosplay, good on you. I, I don't have the balls for it. However, when you assuming your costumes are cool. Yes, and I was about to say the first time I was at Gamescom, I saw a whole load of girls walking through a canteen, and they were in it must have been about thirty of them, and they were two by two, like linked arms and everything, and half of them were dressed up as Pikachu. It was really disturbing. <laughs> I'd... See, that's something like you dress your dog up because it would look stupid on the dog. You don't want to dress up a person like Pikachu. <sighs> yeah, and they were all so organized as well. And the, yeah, it was really strange. Nice. It was really odd. Anyway, um, one other one of Ravius's uh, articles this week was on uh, some very different he had about mechanics and crafting. There's quite a lot of information in there. So if you're interested, go read it because there's nothing that's really sort of groundbreaking in there. Um things that are worth a mention is the uh, criticals 
uh, or critting on an attack is not meant to be a replacement for damage, but they're used to change the, the field of play instead. So it may be that you end up with like a 25% crit chance, but that means that you get like a 25% chance to change how play is going, not that you'll do less damage if the random number generator doesn't go your way. See, this is actually really interesting what they're doing here. Um, I didn't get to comment on this, but I really wanted to. Okay, go. The whole idea with power and perception. So the idea with power is that you deal more stronger attacks. Perception, you have a higher critical strike chance, but critical strike chances don't necessarily mean you'll deal like double damage, right? Right. It It'll mean that you have effects that will activate when you get a critical hit, and that's very interesting. I don't know if it'll play out in the game the way they want it to, but it, on paper, it looks cool. I can imagine being a thief, and like, let's say I've got two daggers, and I'm attacking an ogre, and I critical, and one of my dagger critical abilities is to cripple. So suddenly he's mm -hmm. crippled. Well, I can dodge backwards and run a little ways, switch to double guns, and use unload, all the while he's trying to hobble towards me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they're talking about when they say change the field of play, because I wouldn't bother running away because he'll just catch me unless he's crippled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I hope that it could be kind of, um, I'm not saying I hope, um, it could be kind of uh, annoying for the player to be waiting, to be fishing for this critical hit. Yes. And to have so much of their gameplay revolve around these critical hits. Mm. No, I could definitely So I hope they that. can find a they can find a good balance. Like maybe um, what I was thinking is make it so that critical hits occur more often, but they actually deal less damage. So it's not really crit a critical hit. It's more like your special ability activates. Mm -hmm. But okay, that was a thought there. Now it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the only problem I can see with it being act active. Act activity-based is, say, you have another skill that does more damage if target foe is knocked down. I mean, we've seen mm -hmm. that in Guild Wars 1. And you're not going to knock him down unless you have a critical hit with your hammer, say. Yeah. And you're waiting for that critical hit so you can use skill 2 to do double damage. That's a situation where not getting criticals would then gimp your gameplay. Yeah. So. I mean, the thought came back to me. Um, the thing I'm thinking is that if you are going to want to go for the critical hit and make that your, you know, your real game changer, you're going to want to do it on weapons that activate more often. So you're going to be looking at the weapons that don't take as long to use. Um, thinking back to Guild Wars Classic, Hammer doesn't strike as many times in a certain time period as, say, daggers do. So you'd yeah. probably want to be using you know, your daggers, your pistols, one-handed weapons, rather than possibly slower things like the greatsword and things like that, if you're going to go for critical. Mm -hmm. So it's going to come down to not only what skills do those weapons give you, but also you know, are you going to want to crit on top of that, and is it worthwhile? And I, think it's, I think it's going to turn into be more of a important decision than maybe people are thinking that it's going to be. Well, what they could also do is they can just normalize um, the critical strike chance and base it on the weapon speed. Hmm, that's a good thought. Yeah, like I don't know, I'm not a math, I'm not a math major here, but if your weapon like attacks more slowly, it has twice the chance of attacking. If it's yeah, it's twice as slow, it'll have twice the critical strike chance than a weapon that attacks as fa faster, right? So it will even out basically. Basically, I don't know if that's actually mathematically accurate, but yeah. People will write in if it isn't. It'll be fine. 
Uh, or, or they could do something like you your critical strike chance you can only get X number of critical strikes within a certain amount of time. Nah. Just just nah. Well, if you do that, if you do that, <laughs> you'll end up like soul reaping, right? Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's, it's all about pacing yourself there. If you, I mean, they said that there is going to be a, a, a level to how high you can get your crit up to, but it's so mm-hmm. far past high what it's, people yeah. would normally be able to get to. I think it's going to be one of those things where if you happen to max out on your crit and you've got you equipped all your crit stuff and you somehow manage to you know get all the traits right and your friends help you, you might just hit that level cap. Right, but um, the one thing that I just want to say, like why you should not have these like hidden numbers in here, is because the reason why you see all these huge communities, these that revolve around spreadsheets in World of Warcraft and like maxing your damage and whatnot, it's because mm-hmm. Blizzard institutes all these hidden number values and caps into the game. But we have caps in, in Guild Wars anyway. You can't buff your true, armor pretty, past a certain that's level. True. That's true. But, again, this is a comparing a 2005 game to a 2011 game. Yeah, no, I agree. Just just highlighting that it's, it's yeah, still there. I know. I know. Um, also worth noting that um, they've said that they may go back and revise some of the new attributes that we've seen. Um, one of them in particular wasn't well received by by people, um, so they may have to change it so that... Is it Vitality? I think it was. Yeah, Vitality was the one. Oh yeah, you have more health. I'm more of a pin cushion. <laughs> <laughs> more cushion for pins. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather have toughness because when it comes right down to it, I'd rather mitigate the damage than just have more of a pool to deal with. Do you think they might just go down to three? I doubt it. They seem to be oh, wanting no. to go through this this kind of pairing idea like a, a yeah. crosshairs and I agree with that I mean that that kind of allows you to fine-tune exactly how you want to play but it's more about a, a making vitality viable alternative to toughness what I was thinking is that they could add um, an in-game an in-combat health recovery system to vitality mm-hmm. mm. so uh, you'd recover health slowly with vitality and the more vitality you have the higher the benefit, right? But at the same time, toughness mitigates damage. Yeah. So basically, vitality counters degeneration. It counters the big hits that toughness doesn't shrug off. But toughness counters the small hits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One other thing that I wanted to bring up from this, and it was kind of relates to what we were talking about last week when, with the relation to crafting. Um, it was the the people over at ArenaNet are big Minecraft fans, and... Um, Wherever possible, they're going to try and make discovering recipes in Guild Wars 2 similar to how you discover recipes in Minecraft. Shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, I like it. They said they wanted the crafting to be as intuitive for Guild Wars yes. 2 as it is in Minecraft. Sorry, mm-hmm. yes, that's correct. I spoke incorrectly. Sorry. Um, I'm... I'm really, really liking how the crafting is looking. I know there's some people who have been saying that they wish that there were recipes that dropped off of monsters, or because you can you can get that rare recipe and be different from anybody else. But the thing is, that's the system that World of Warcraft has, and I remember grinding out my my profession my my trade professions in WoW. Yeah, and, I, I remember that, too. You know, I, I'd have to get a bunch of friends together, and we'd have to go run this heroic, or God forbid, a raid, and just pray that a certain recipe would drop, because 
the entire guild is being gimped because our one leather worker doesn't have a certain armor patch. Mm. Okay, I remember and, when uh, Burning Crusade came out and my guild was working on uh, one of the encounters, there was a, a recipe that dropped something that made your armor better, and it was like the kind of stuff that you wanted for your min-maxing, right? Yeah. So whenever that would drop, people would cheer on Ventrilo because another per- person in the guild could use it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like that's co- I guess that's kind of cool because it makes you feel happy and everything when that happens, but at the same time, if you need that and it's all down to luck and you had to outsource in order your resources in order to get that thing, I mean, it kind of says a lot about the system you're working under. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the... Um... You're not going to have to necessarily go and buy these recipes. You just can find them. And but at the same time, there is that opportunity for going out and finding that one merchant who maybe at the end of an event chain we don't we don't actually know where these are going to be hidden. It could be that you know you have to go and push back, say a seven or eight stage event to actually get yeah. the the merchant who'll sell you the recipe. So it could still be almost like raiding to be able to get the recipe you want in the first place. But I don't think I mean. Other than the jewels, the like jewelry, we haven't had it stated or an example given where the stats for the items are going to be on the items that you you craft, just that they'll look different. So mm-hmm. it may be that okay, you have to go push all the way back through a quest chain, uh, sorry, an event chain to to get the particular top that you want, but you're still going to be functional whilst you're doing it. Right. So, Tiger's gone quiet. Oh yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to think because um, I'm de- I'm sorry I'm debating with myself because they've said that they don't want you to be get able to get specific rewards from certain events, whereby implying that people would want to specifically fail to be able to get a certain event so that they could get a certain reward. Mm. But then I remember they've also said that you won't be able to buy watermelons if there's centaurs in this town. And if you defeat the centaurs, well, then you can go buy watermelons. So it seems like it's there's a conflict there, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you're right or not. I think we'll just have to wait and see. Mm. Well, I I haven't seen anything that would say that they would be putting them in a town that is you know disputed by an event. But mm-hmm. I just could see that that being a possibility because, like you said, I've heard about the sort of the watermelon type thing, but I don't know where they would put something as crucial as. Um, like as recipes in a town of that type. I mean, if the watermelon yeah. merchant isn't there, it's probably going to be someone nearby who offers an item that does a very similar thing, just called something different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you, yeah. I think I've dug myself out of that hole well enough. No, I understand exactly <laughs> what you say. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, go check out Ravius's uh, various articles on Kill Town Rats. They are awesome as always. Great reading. Um, and with that, I think we'll move into Speculator's Corner. The sky will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard you'll need a monitor to play this game. I heard this game will work on Windows 7. I heard that Norman are really tall. That's just speculation. Oh, what was the uh, soundtrack for that? dum da dum da dum The sky will be blue. Oh. I heard oh, it's going to be made by ArenaNet. That shit. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Yeah, we need new speculators corner. And now Sound for it. speculators corner. Sound like a like a, a boxing ring probably. <laughs> anyway, okay. I, it seems like I've been really, really heavy on the outline this week, so sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, I completely ignored it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, this, Look at me not helping. Um, this first one kind of came out of... Um, it's actually related to what we were talking about a little bit earlier about crafting. And also um, something I put up on my blog last week about um, being annoyed that it seemed like jewelry is going to have inherent um, mods in it. Um, which mm. means that if you want to switch roles in a, a team, you're going to need to carry a second set of jewelry with you to go and change. And then right. someone um, came back to me. I will try and find out who it is so I can credit you. Um, and basically said, um, well, isn't that kind of what we do with armor anyway? Just that, you know, you're going to have different me. stuff. I think that was me. Yeah. Um, so I, having seen as well uh, with the Guild Wars Guru uh, questions that were put to Colin that kind of came back quite sort of diluted. Um, he didn't really give us any firm answers. How many character slots would you want to see? And how many inventory slots do you think would be enough for you to be able to switch roles effectively and still have enough equipment? How many equipment slots are there? How many weapon sets are we going to be required for each area? Well, that's exactly it. I mean, if you yeah, assume I mean, that it's, you're going to have... It's not a, it's not a like, clear-cut answer, you know. you gotta, you got to wait for the game to really be out and see. And you, you hope that, you know, they give you enough space... So you know you can collect your loot and you can still switch out your weapons when the time, when everything you know the stars align and you requires X Y Z instead of A B C for a counter. The biggest WMD. thing, the biggest thing I would like to see is a character specific inventory. Um, in Guild Wars One, the shared inventory was fantastic for being able to transfer items between characters, but it really kind of hijacked your ability to store stuff. I mean, I know you can buy more more storage panes, mm-hmm. oh, I see what you're but saying. I think they're pretty expensive, for one. I think $10 is a bit much to pay for a storage pane. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to see character-specific inventory and a mail system, so that if you want to send something to your yeah. own character, you can send it through the mail. Um, we denigrate World of Warcraft a lot, but I think that's one thing they got pretty, pretty well. Yeah. Actually, Tiger, funny thing about WoW, when I Used, I used to be a pack rat in that game, and what I would do for extra inventory, I would actually mail myself items, and they would just be in the system for like 30 days. Yeah, I've yeah, heard and about I would just take it out, that. and then yeah. But I would as recommend for, that if you ever play that game. <laughs> as for character slots, I want eight, but I don't think they'll give us eight. They'll probably no, give they're going to give us like, like they're going to give us like five. five. I think. I think yeah. five. And that makes sense because they want to be able to make money on buying extra character slots, and I can. I can agree with that. You need to make money, but and you know what? When I say it, five characters slots out of eight, these characters are going to be really cool and fun, no matter what you do. And if you want to play all three of them, all eight of them, sorry, meaning the other three that you left out, then you know what? These guys already delivered a pretty good product to you. Why not just pay a little bit extra? Yeah. Well, it really depends as well whether you actually can have character slots available at the start of the game. I mean, we didn't get character slots being purchasable in Guild Wars until quite a long way in. They're- well, they're definitely going to be um, adding it in because they already see the power of the in-game yeah. store. It's not. A, I'm not denying or doubting that they will add them. It's a question of timing because mm-hmm. I know when I started off in Prophecies, I ended up recycling um, a character slot that I had at the start uh, mm-hmm. because I basically ran out of space and I, I didn't want to go buy another account. I didn't want to you know, separate my, my characters, but I still wanted to have a warrior and so I had to sacrifice the elementalist I had. So, but if they'd had the opportunity right there for me to go buy another character slot, I would have. So, mm-hmm. I think ArenaNet and NCSoft need to stay ahead of our needs and sort of 
have the transactions ready in advance of us wanting them um, so that you know when you do want to buy a character slot and you want to make that impulse purchase well it's there you can do it right now and they'll make more money out of you right yeah. right um, in terms of inventory space personally I'd, I'd like to see sort of a dedicated um, sort of storage for my weapons and two sets of armor including jewelry personally because mm -hmm. um, if you're going to take up the tanking role you're going to need completely different equipment than if you are trying to be a particularly good sort of support slash backline character. I know you're going to be switching around on the battlefield, but having the same base of equipment, just I don't think it's really going to work in terms of, you know, if you want to be in a dungeon and then be out in the world, you're going to need different equipment. Yeah. Um, so it would be nice if we had dedicated storage for our armor and weaponry and possibly for our gathering as well um, but at the same time I can totally see they want to limit it severely so we have to go buy new accounts and things like that. No, I think they, they want to make sure that people have enough space to you know play the game and play it you know without having to play this game of Tetris where you have to organize mm -hmm. your bags and everything like that but the into one different I... categories and walls and whatnot but at the same time they want to make sure that you know, if people really do want to have that extra space, they have that option to pay a little bit extra. Mm -hmm. I just wish it wasn't $10. I mean, I'd buy it for 5 but I think 10 is a bit much. When, mm. when an extra character slot is $10, and I can get yeah. all that much more storage space on that character for the same price as one measly little storage pane... Well, why do you think yeah, exactly. I have so many accounts? It's because I, you know, the game comes out and like two years later they end up in you know the bargain bucket at your local store because they didn't sell how many that store had, and it ends up being cheaper for you to buy a new account than it does for you to even buy a new character slot. Yeah. So I think there's something wrong with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, one thing about the Guild Wars storage that I do like is the um, the crafting materials pain. Mm -hmm. But they have a yeah, whole definitely. separate pane for all of your crafting materials, and you can put them all in there. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, yeah, actually that'd be nice, because then you could share the gathering mater the materials you've gathered across all your alts as well. Yeah. I'd like to see the components that you can create able to be stored in there, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, say for leatherworking, in order to make a jerkin of awesome, I need... A specially woven thread and a tailor can weave that thread then I can have the tailor weave that thread and put it in the mm -hmm. in the pane I swear you just said gherkin not jerkin sorry jerkin of awesome <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine people wearing gherkins wandering around <laughs> interior be awesome and delicious <laughs> that's very much up for debate you just divided the listership right there <laughs> thanks tiger <laughs> Uh, okay, um, moving on. Um, at least two of us have been playing Rift uh, recently. I don't know, Chaz, have you been playing Rift as well? No. I'm not playing Rift. Okay. Um, well, I want to play a WoW, but I'm just going to play WoW, oh, seriously. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> I think disliking a game because it's a clone of another game you don't like is silly. But if you yeah, don't know, like but... the game type, then that's fair. But it just, yeah, anyway. Um, Public grouping exists in Rift, um, so uh, when they have their dynamic Rift events, you can opt to publicly group with other people around you. Um, and this kind of, there was a, a blog that came up, a blog post that came up um, that I saw, which kind of highlighted some of the problems that I've personally experienced in public groups in Rift, where basically you're in a public group with someone, 
but you don't talk to them other than you know basically maybe you know yelling at them because you're dying um and they're not healing you but otherwise you just go on with your lives and ignore each other it's quite a funny um post but yes um i'm just wondering if this may possibly become a problem in Guild Wars 2. Now, I know we're not going to actually have to group up with people to do the events, but it will just be a soft grouping. But I know we heard from ArenaNet that they find that they naturally form these groups and then they kind of go off and start end up sort of doing stuff together. But I wonder, in the world at large, rather than being, you know, ArenaNet, where people actually know each other, whether that's actually going to happen in, in the real world or everyone will just kind of ignore each other for the most part. I think you'll get people ignoring each other just like they are in Rift, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, when, I'm, we're, when I'm playing in Rift and one of the Rifts pops up, which is pretty much what you go into a public group for, um, it just feels antiquated to me. I just, I find myself thinking, man, this is a lot of fun. This event that just popped up and there's all these people swarming around to do it. This is a whole lot of fun. But then I'll attack a mob and his his health bar will be gray, meaning that someone else who isn't in the public group has attacked it and I won't get experience for it and I won't get loot from it. And I just think, man, is it Guild Wars 2 yet? Because then everybody can share in every kill and it's not going to be this obnoxious separating people mm -hmm. thing. I mean, the public grouping system is nice, but it's just a band-aid on an already broken system. I will agree with that one. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It is quite frustrating knowing that you ha you're killing something that you know you won't get rewarded for. Um, because, you know, you have the quest to go defeat however many rifts are in the area. But you're not gonna actually going to get anything for it. And especially because my main's a mage, it's, I have such long casting times for the spells that actually do any damage that um, something else has already hit it before I get anywhere close to it. Which is mm -hmm. so frustrating. Anyway, be good we don't have that problem in Guild Wars 2. Yeah. Um, another talking point this week. It comes from Massively uh, and their soapbox, which I like to read and, and, and drag it onto the show. Uh, it <laughs> comes from Sean, um, who is basically asking the gaming community at large to stop treating developments the developers like they're rock stars. And I feel that this is mirrored very much in our community. Oh, yeah. I mean, I am kind of guilty that I always uh, quote John Stummy about all the crazy stuff that happens in Guild Wars, even though it's not really him. It's actually everyone in the group that's doing that. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe I'm just playing into the rock star mentality by saying this, but I feel that ArenaNet is not doing that as much as some other companies. Because of their blog. They, I'm kidding. What? I'm kidding. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, because on their blog, they like to have different different employees come up and post what they do about what they do and what their job entails and what they, they think about the work they're doing. And it feels like much more of an ensemble production as opposed to just one rock star leading the pack. Like, I believe the... I believe the the um the example he used was Mythic and the guy they had leading that whose name I can't remember offhand. Which game? Um Paul Warhammer Online. I don't know. Paul Barnett, I think it is. Yeah. But with that it's just one person who's the face of the entire production, whereas ArenaNet is letting a bunch of other a multitude of their employees talk about what they're doing. Yeah. 
I, I don't feel like we're in danger of becoming, you know, a, a tabula rasa here and having, you know, Garriott's name on the box and then stealing all our money because, you know, they want to go into space or what have you. But I feel like it's it's getting to the point where a lot of the people in the community generally kind of look up to not only the community representatives but also people who are behind the scenes, Colin, and put them on a pedestal which... I mean, these are just regular guys who are trying to make a living through gaming and they just happen to be in a position which is thrust them in the limelight and, you know, they are, you know, they're human. They pee and poop and feed and all the rest of it like everyone else. You know, they don't necessarily deserve to be worshipped, especially for work that other people have done. So, I find myself wishing that I could hear more from Reese Osby and Kristen Perry because I really enjoy the lore and I enjoy Kristen's artwork. I love what she did with the Halloween costumes. I think they look great. And I can't wait to see more of the stuff that she's got in store for Guild Wars 2. So while I say that it seems like it's more of an ensemble cast, I'm definitely guilty of putting them on the pedestal myself. But then that's the other side of it. Is that they have got really, really talented artists and writers and, and coders and all the rest of it. And they deserve the recognition for their talents. So... I mean, yeah, it's good they showcase everyone on, on their blogs and all the rest of it, but I sometimes feel like it goes a bit too far. So. Yeah. I mean, you only have to look at the, you know, what we said earlier on the show about their artists. They, they are award-winning. They deserve praise for it. So, yeah. Okay, and uh, last point of Speculator's Corner. What unique in-game holidays would you like to see in Guild Wars 2? And by that, I'm not meaning things like Winter's Day or Halloween. I'm meaning things like the Dragon Festival. Chaz day. Chaz. 24 hours of Chaz every day. You get to hear my sexy voice. <laughs> like it. Consumables for Chaz day would be milk in a bag, presumably. Yeah, milk in a bag, Molotov cocktails, the whole works. <laughs> Tiger, come on, you're our law, law lady. Um, I think it would be really neat for each race to have a racial holiday. Like, the Char could celebrate um, the liberation against the Flame Legion and the rebellion by Kala Scorchraiser. Maybe the Norn could celebrate the taking of Jormog's Tooth. Granted, that's a bit bittersweet because they were also driven south, but... Mm -hmm. um, I'd say they just have a big mute. Yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose that is kind of... but, hmm. But, I mean, each... Maybe throughout the year... You've got five different races. At a certain time, each race could have their own specific racial holiday, and it could be an entire game-wide thing. Like, oh, the the Char are celebrating liberation from the Flame Legion now, so like everybody's dropping searing tonics. I know those probably aren't going to be in Guild Wars 2, but just as an example. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be nice if they're going to do that. They um, sort of make each of the home cities have a different twist on the event. Either yeah. that they individually just kind of celebrate each one in turn, um, or, you know, whilst the Char are having their celebration, the Azura do something that's kind of in recognition of it, but still very Azurian. Yes. Like, you say that, and I can imagine for the Char holiday, maybe in Divinity's Reach, you could have, it would probably be much more low-key, some congratulations going out to the Char, but then you could also have a group of people who are marching in protest mm-hmm. against the Char saying we shouldn't even be with them. And that could, once again, kick off more dynamic events. Mm-hmm. Sort of mm. some anti-Char sentiment. Char pinatas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
Yes, has to be done. Yep, I called it. I could just imagine like a whole load of human kids having a birthday party. And just sm- <laughs> smacking a pinata, getting candy yeah. out. Oh dear, that would be funny. Alright, okay. Um, I'm, I'm behind Tiger's idea, just for the record. I, I like the idea of having in-game holidays like that. Especially, maybe have one for Lion's Arch as well, that's completely different to all the rest of them. Yeah, Lion's Arch is going to be so awesome, I can't wait to see it. Yes. Wait, now didn't Lion's Arch get, like, sunk? And then rebuilt as a pirate town. Oh, nice. Okay, that's pretty kick-ass. <laughs> all the buildings are made out of ships. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, There's, they've teased us with the, seeing the outside of it, um, and it looks pretty freaking awesome. So, yeah. Okay, Togo's Soapbox. As a new player to Guild Wars... Ah, oh, Togo, I just want to get through this already! Shut up! I knew I'm As a new player to Guild Wars... Ah, oh, Togo, I just want to get through this already! Shut up! I can't do a Ryan very well, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll channel my own rage there. Um, I just got Guild Wars, and my heroes only have six skills. How can I get more for them? The answer is unlock more skills on your account. You can also buy them from a, a hero skill trader. I believe there's one in Korna, not Korna, um, Kamadan. He's over on the opposite side from the. Just look for a hero skill thing. trainer, and you'll be yeah. you'll be set. Um, mm-hmm. There's also a bunch of other hero skill trainers throughout um, the Nightfall area. Um, they all offer different skills available. Um, the ones in Eye of the North, they do have hero skill trainers in Eye of the North, but they all offer the same skill choices. So if you found the hero skill trainer in Eye of the North for the Vanguard, you found them all. Listen to Chaz, he knows stuff. Yeah. I know stuff. The other thing is um, to uh, start playing other characters. Um, that also helps. And any skills that you unlock via PvP and uh, faction unlock will become available for your heroes as well. So, uh, and any ca- skills that your characters learn will become unlocked for your heroes as well. So, if you rolled like all eight characters, oh, I'll tell you, how many professions are there in Guild Wars now? I've lost count. Ten, actually. It's ten. Yes. Jeez, I need to go back and get more sleep. Anyway, <laughs> ten. <laughs> if you rolled all ten and like played it to level ten or what have you, you get uh, a lot more skills. Um, also, bear, bear in mind that if you are in Tyrion, you will get. Um, skills awarded to you as rewards up until the Crystal Desert. So even if you're from another campaign, if you join at Lion's Arch and then play through the storyline from then onwards, you will get skills as you go through. Just make sure you're not slash assassin, dervish, ritualist, paragon, because otherwise yeah. you'll only get one of the skills. Um, rather or zero. Or zero skills, rather than um, the two that you possibly... Well, is it two? One? Yeah. You possibly can get. So... Mm-hmm. Is there anything yeah, else? Yeah. Um, no, just because you unlock the skill on the, your account doesn't mean that it actually is added to the hero's bar. You have to actually go in in a town, go into the hero bar, and actually add it to uh, your hero skill bar. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just uh, yeah. unlock if automatically. You, if you hit K, it'll bring up your skills, and then along the top of that window is you, yourself, and then you'll see these little boxes... And if you have a hero in your party, it will show up in those boxes, and then you can click on them and access their skills. You can do the same for their inventory. Well, not their inventory, but their weapons and their armor. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. wouldn't 
advise, don't advise buying runes at the moment because they're still hellishly expensive. Depends on what our profession you're going for. Any of the useful ones. Anyway, um, if you get stuck on your hero bars, go check out PBX Wiki um, or read lots. Um, PBX Wiki has um, hero skill bars which are optimized for their use. Yep. Also, I would recommend when you look at the PBX skill bars, look at what the skill does and why it's there. Yes. Don't just blindly copy it because, I mean, it's easy when you have a cookie cutter build, but you don't improve. And the whole idea of Guild Wars is that you improve through adding different skills to the team build. And that's how you basically grow in that game. Yep. So if you can find out new, more powerful, more devastating ways to defeat your opponent, then good for you. Because, I mean, you can see, I mean, you can say, okay, I'll get a bar for this class or this profession, a bar for this profession from PVX Wiki. The thing is that they're designed to work by themselves. You have no inter-team synergies. Mm-hmm. You might have inter-team synergy uh, suggestions, but you have to like figure that out yourself. The other side of this is that as soon as there is a game update, you will be able to fix your own bars so they aren't broken anymore, which brings us on to pro tips. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Excellent. Let the people have their pro tip sauce. Uh, oh yes, yes, yes. I remember. I remember. So, pro- could you uh, repeat the stuff? Could you repeat the stuff where you talk about the uh, things? Excellent. Let the people talk. Let was it? Let people <laughs> have their pro tip sauce. Still trousers fail. Do you know what? Even Sorry. if these don't go into the actual show, I'm still gonna send them like a put them sort of thing at the end of the show because it's awesome. Oh, you know what would be hilarious for like April Fools? Um, Ryan plays these sound bites. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be great. Oh, I just gave him like an evil, evil idea. Uh, and I'll be sure to pass your feedback back to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so pro tips this week uh, comes from Christian, um, who highlights the upcoming skill update preview that was posted on the official wiki. And I have a feeling that Chaz will be crying slightly. Not really, actually. The der- dervish. For a nerf, that was really, really tame. <laughs> Most of the stuff was made to address PvP issues that resulted from the Dervish update and some other, you know, small things in between. Mainly, they are uh, updating a few problem skills, and they're just really just reducing the numbers by one or two mm-hmm. um, increments. So you're not really going to see that big of a difference. Maybe your condition that you apply as your Dervish might last one or two seconds um, less, or your avatar of Grant will hit for one or two less damage, but overall, the dervish is still the dervish, and you're really not missing out on much. With Am this I nerf. still going to get raffle stomped by Grant's teams in HA? Yeah, you will. This is not going to stop. In fact, if they have frailty, it's going to be even more of a raffle stomp. <sighs> because they, um, okay. one of the things I'm going to just address here, avatar of Grant, they reduce the life ceiling that it deals to you each hit by like one or two, and they decreased decreased the disease duration to three seconds instead of five seconds. So if you cast Frailty on a character and they gain disease and they lose disease three seconds afterward, they like just took 30 damage in three seconds. That's pretty crazy. You mean Fragility, wow. right? Yeah, Frailty. We say it differently. Potato, potato. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> just because these are PvP changes, um, well... Sorry, changes to address PvP issues. And most of the changes that are coming are for either skills where there is no PvE and PvP version, or mm-hmm. um, they are, you know, just applying it to 
they're applying it to both they're, of them. They're basically, they're not going to split them for PvP or PvE because it doesn't really, PvE ears are not going to really notice much from it. Well, that's not true. Fever Dreams is being split, and Barb oh, yes. Signet is being merged back. So there's only one version okay. of Barb Signet and uh, yeah, two Fever Dreams now. Yeah, I can see what was happening here. Basically, um, Blood Necromancers, they were really, really popular now ever since Barb Signet was mm-hmm. changed. Yeah, I agree. And this is because they can just they can do everything. They can split, they can cause condition pressure, and get this, they have a free elite slot to do whatever you want, whatever the team build needs. Mm-hmm. If you need a snare, bring crippling anguish. If you need condition removal, bring, what's it called? It's just a flesh wound. All this kind of stuff. And they said, mm, no, Blood Necros, they don't need a free elite slot. So what they did is that they took a useless skill, Signet of Suffering, they brought it to the blood attribute, and then they said it's doing exactly what Barb Signet is doing, and Barb Signet is getting changed mm-hmm. with different functionality. So effectively, if you want to run the same bar that you were running on your Blood Necro and your GBG team, you're going to be without an elite. That's pretty much the gist of it. And they also had a few number changes to certain skills mm-hmm. so that Blood Necros don't have infinite energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope they do make a few changes because, quite frankly, playing in the current meta is quite frustrating. So, let's hope. Don't you love it when you get trained by two Avatar of Grenth teams? Well, seeing oh, as so I usually awesome. play Monk, it, I, I don't deal with pressure um, builds particularly well. Um, yeah. I either mm-hmm. I usually play Infuse Monk. Uh, occasionally, I will play Prop, but I'm not that good at it, so I usually stay on Infuse. And pressure teams, I just kind of crumble. I haven't had that much experience with them. Spike teams, no problem, but pressure is mm. not my thing. So, yeah. Actually, one thing I did see occurring is uh, a lot of monks. They're using the Dervish skill Eremite Zeal for energy management. Yeah, so basically, what it does, that, it's, it's a five-second. It's a five-energy uh, enchantment that lasts for ten seconds. When you cast it, you gain one energy, assuming zero points of mysticism, because that's all a monk can get. Um, you get one energy per foe with an earshot of you. So if you're pushing into an enemy-controlled territory in a GVG match, there's going to be eight people for sure, for sure. So you gain three energy right from casting it. When it's removed from whatever, for whatever reason, the same thing triggers again. So in effect, you gain 11 energy every 15 seconds, assuming perfect conditions, which is pretty good for pressure. Yeah. To counteract pressure teams. Definitely. I'll have to look into that. I'm still waiting on Pig to teach me how to HA. Oh, you're not going to find it in HA. It, HA, it's just whatever. Oh. Yeah. Because it's a completely different format because HA, you're usually in a cramped location and it's just kill the other guy before they kill you. When mm-hmm. um, GBG, there's a lot more. There's split play, there's NPCs you have to deal with. Yeah. Yep. But um, here's another thing for all you elementalists. Affectionados. They are reducing the cast time of all attunements down to one second, and they're decreasing their recharge to 30 seconds. This is for all attunements, including elemental attunement. So you can rage a bit less when they strip enchantment your fire attunement. This should be good. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Mesmer's, the energy cost of Shatter Enchantment and Shatter Hex is being reduced to 10 energy. So maybe those skills will actually see play. Cool. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we'll see um, what happens to that skill update. It may or may not occur this week. Um, mm-hmm. If it actually, does... Actually, I think they said that it would occur this week. This... It's just that what actually changes may not be final. Yeah. So uh, if it changes significantly, we'll probably deal with it again next week. Yeah, so. probably. Trader Arcade! Trader Arcade! 
Your stupid fat habits is... That's not Guild Wars. And now it's time for Trader Arcade. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Like, what was the soundbite for Trader Arcade? I think it's Gollum playing in a, an arcade. I don't know how to say Gollum. The stupid hobbits is... Don't they know this is not Guild Wars? Something like that. We're taking the hobbits to Isengard. <laughs> You, whatever you do yeah. at the weekend, Chaz, is up to you. That, but, um, that, uh, that meme should... I really shouldn't have brought it back up. Uh, I should have just let it die. Joe, you know I've been trying to avoid the new ones. Like, I haven't think I haven't even seen Charlie Sheen Wait, and there his are new winning ones? one and all the rest of it. No, the new memes, like the winning and uh, the Friday thing. Or, like, <laughs> oh, oh, Charlie Sheen by winning. Ugh, yeah, I haven't seen it. I, I try and avoid those kind of things, to be honest. <laughs> Oh, you're not so Trader Arcade. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing lots and lots of Minecraft. See, it, it all started when I got Minecraft, and then I joined Pig, and then Fend got Minecraft, and about a week, week and a half later, Jim, the leader of Pig, bought it, and it was just an avalanche from there. Like half the guild now has Minecraft, and they have invaded the Relics of War Minecraft server, and they've built a giant pig and a, <laughs> a circuit out there and Fend has built a gigantic treehouse with a he's planning a temple of doom underneath I left him a sign that says his lobby of doom needs more doom <laughs> that's hilarious I kind of got so I guess that you could say that they hamstormed into the relics of war server they totally hamstormed into the relics of war server but at least they've They've picked a place to build that's kind of off the beaten track. It's mm -hmm. out. Yeah. It's way out there. You're not going to. They're not taking up valuable real estate. They didn't take your miss. blocks. Yeah. And uh, I kind of got onto the server properly this week because um, Miss has its own server. So I usually play on that, but I kind of snuck onto the Relics one this week and started. I claimed my patch, so to say. And uh, we have a, a dynamic map, um, which is Ben's kind of linked us to um, on our forums actually and it's really really good because not only can you see where everyone's homes are but you can also kind of it really helped because I didn't know who was on at the time and I was trying to find a patch it's like well rather than waiting to accidentally find that you've stolen someone else's like home you can see where people have set their home points to and you just go find somewhere that's nowhere near where they are so I think it's a little bit creepy too because you can see who's online and where they are yes you can stalk people in real time it's good fun <laughs> Um, but besides uh, Minecraft, I have been on Guild Wars this week, again in pre-searing. Um, I've been on Rift as well, clocked like four hours this morning on that. And I've also been playing with my doll's house, which is my sort of secret code name for The Sims 3. Uh, yes, I, I oh. play The Sims. I, I am a girl. I'm allowed to play with my toy. You're allowed to. You're allowed to. I'm just, I'm just worried about your husband. Yes. Um, see... I found the uh, the link for the guy who plays Turk in Scrubs uh, doing an advert for Sims Medieval, um, nice. and I showed it to, to my husband, and now he wants me to buy the game so that he can play it, because it's okay if I buy it and he steals it, but it's not okay for him to buy it. It's definitely not okay for him to play it, buy it is lonesome. Oh, that's funny. Um, my husband always makes fun of me when I'm playing The Sims, and I don't let him touch it because he would burn everything down and kill everybody. Uh, see, I don't even think... He would. That... He would. I'm just going to tell you this right now. If I had the chance to do that to anyone, I would do it. See, that's not fair. That's why you're I not know, married. 
posh. Hey, what are you talking about? Your, your husband's your husband's saying he would do that. I mean, what does that say about him? He would, but he doesn't because I would kill him. Out of love. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Sims Medieval is slightly different to the other Sims games because um, you don't just control like a house and the people in it. You control a kingdom and you set the goal for the kingdom. And you can not only play as the individual people, but you can also kind of... You have to look after the king and the queen and all the rest of it. And if one of them gets sick, you get very different quests come up. And you basically mm. have to as- assemble your party of sim people to go off and complete the quest, be it like go and get an antidote for a poison or go kill like monsters or what have you. So it's kind of different to the other Sims games. That's why it's not an expansion. It's actually a complete and different um, game. But yeah. Yeah. It sounds a little bit like black and white. Do you remember that game? Yeah, I do. I really, really enjoy black and white. It's. I don't think it's quite the same because it's not really that you're playing God. It's kind of like you take on the role of the individual character, like the individual like chess pieces in the game. I think mm-hmm. rather than you know you telling your creature that it's okay to eat your villagers. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? Just I taught me? my creature how to skip the villagers across the water. <laughs> Good times. Uh, I actually kind of made mine. Uh, I taught mine how to make rain because um, I was always really bad at like going through wood, like it's going out of fashion. So rather than um, create wood all the time, I would teach him how to make rain and just set him off like raining on loads and loads of trees until they kept kept growing and growing and growing. And I kind of like plant them out and I make him just tie him there. And I come back like five minutes later and there'd be like a huge forest around it. It's like good creature. Here you go, play with your ball. <laughs> Anyway, yes. Uh, since medieval, looks good. Um, right. Uh, I think it is then time for calls. We had one this week um, from Bodmin the Dwarf, um, which I'll play for you now. Greetings, relics of ore. Bodmin the Dwarf here. I was sitting in the central transfer chamber on Sunday evening, eating my wonderful raptor and centaur meat pie, but something was missing. There was no condiment to go with my pie, and those are sure I keep absolutely nothing stashed away in their cupboards. I'd heard that there was a certain pie day event happening at Ratasum though, so I decided to head over. There was some delicious relish of ore going round, ah, and fantastic entertainment to boot. Yes, it was an absolutely fabulous evening, and I very much look forward to attending next year. Unless I've turned to stone by then, that is. Thank you very much for your praise, kind sir, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed the pie. I'm glad you enjoyed it too. Yeah, it was I was a little bit I was hairy there, so I just hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> it was a little bit hairy behind the scenes, so I'm glad that the people who attended really enjoyed themselves. I think that makes it all worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I know uh, from talking to various people who won prizes that couldn't be there on the day. Um, we've helped someone to get 50 out of 50 for their mini pets and also made three people the owners of Celestial Bunnies. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we've helped you guys out. Really? Um, we'll see what our next in-game event will be if I can sort of build myself up to doing it again. I hope I can. Um, anyway, emails. We had one from Kate Hallworld. I can't pronounce names. Anyway, or Waddell. Or Waddell, there we go. Or Waddell. Uh, Tiger, do you want to read this one? Sure. He says, scratch my last email. I realized I had so much more to say, so please bear with me. I was thinking about the skill the thief has with the short bow that's like a shadow step. I was wondering what would happen if that were shot through an elementalist firewall. Any ideas? 
I feel like the warrior special mechanic. Well, should we stop there and discuss that one? Yeah. Okay. Let's stop yeah, there. yeah. I, I think the the thief will be lit on fire and will scream, "Oh God, help, help, help!" <laughs> it's is put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out. It's takeaway, um, you know, Guild Wars style, crispy. I the goggles, they do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's perfect. Certainly possible they'll be lit on fire. I don't think he'll be able to shadow step through, say, a Guardian's ward. So you say he'll makes... have a blazing finale. <laughs> oh god, Chaz, that's terrible. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, yes, crispy thief, a la elementalist. <laughs> it's nutritious and delicious. I'd like to say that we don't know that for sure, but I think it's likely. <laughs> Spirit's going to throw a Tonka truck at me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He goes on to say, I feel that the warrior's special mechanic isn't very innovative compared to with all the other classes' mechanics. But again, I haven't actually played the original Guild Wars, so what would I know? Anyway, I do hope that since they stated that there wouldn't be a move to click, which I hate anyway, there's going to be a standard attack. Not an auto-attack, as they've already stated that they wouldn't have those but just one that didn't take up a whole lot of energy. That would free up the first skill on the skill bar for something else. Um, I would like to say that your first skill on your skill bar is your standard attack. Oftentimes it doesn't take any energy to use it. I know with the thieves it doesn't take any energy or um, initiative initiative to use. So if you don't have anything else, at least you have that first skill. Mm-hmm. So. And with the warrior, it's made a whole lot more interesting because of the adrenaline system. That is the special mechanic. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, with the adrenaline, what it is when you've got more adrenaline, you hit for more damage. Correct? Is it true? I think so. Uh, do you know what? You've got... Do you know what? It's been so long, and I have such little interest in the warrior. I I can't actually remember. Yeah. Like I'm when, when the sure guardian was announced, I was like, goodbye. Well, I'm I'm not <laughs> a, a warrior really, to be honest. Um, I kind of prefer to play a, just to and, say a more involved role I think possibly what are you talking about warrior is like is what you, you control the pacing of the fight <laughs> yeah it's, and, it's not my, my cup of tea yeah I guess so until the thief I was going to roll warrior and I know for a fact that my husband's going to roll warrior because he's the archetypal warrior person that's just what he always does in every single game but um, yeah with adrenaline I'm pretty certain that as you gain more you'll do more damage mm-hmm. when you hit and then you can spend it to use one of your burst burst moves and i've just yeah. looked it up and the lady is correct woohoo so yeah it, it has been you, a get, long time. you get plus 10 to awesome yay <laughs> i don't know that might fill up my awesome quota <laughs> i don't i don't know if i could be any more awesome after that <laughs> you'd find a way i'm, I'm sure <laughs> um yeah, or a special mechanic. It doesn't seem very innovative compared to the class mechanics, but it works, and it works really well. Um, and I think it's actually going to be pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, like that that line uh, from Beauty and the Beast: "If it ain't broke, don't fix it." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, um, and also another note on the auto attack: you can set whichever of your five weapon skills you want to have as an auto attack. Um, yes. You just you kind of right click on it rather than left click on it, and it'll move it to be your auto attack. Yep. Okay. Uh, and we had another one from Soy Oil. Tiger, go again. So, so oil, Soy Oil says, Here again, I'm really enjoying my seven heroes. Nowadays, I run either my Minion Bomber or Signet of Spirits with three Searing Flames Ellies 
a spiteful spirit necro, a restoration necro, a necro minion master with some bombing capabilities, and either discord or jagged bones and a heal monk. And, and a now... heal monk. <laughs> <laughs> and now a few jokes. Ebon Hawk Soldier says, what's the difference between a char cub and a footstool? His drinking buddy says, <laughs> what? He goes, one has four legs and squeaks when you put too much weight on it, and the other is a piece of furniture. A <laughs> uh, char mother says, what's black and white and red all over? The corpses, of course, say nothing. The char mother says, the bloody ashy remains of an e- Ebon Hawk human after they have told a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of something completely different, but it was going to be a dead baby joke, and I know that's not what people like to hear <laughs> on the internet. It was a dead baby joke. I would not allow it on the show. I, I barely yeah, allow I it in Guild Chat, so. <laughs> oh. Uh, I love I love some good char char humor. We need to get some of Hunter's jokes that he put, puts on Twitter on here. Yeah. He does. He, he stopped doing those uh, recently, we get, though. We get Hunter into Relics as a guest host, at the very least. Yep. Okay. That's my new mission. Should I do another one you of heard these? It, sir. I, 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 will, I will drag you on, kicking and screaming. Yep. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, I'll just, you know, walk over to Nova Scotia, <laughs> find out where he lives, and say, hey. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> but we're on the show. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and another email from Nick Robles. Hi, Relics friends. I was wondering if you guys knew or heard anything about if we can redistribute attribute points at any time, or if the attributes are set in stone after we invest them in something. Thanks for reading this. Um, you can set the, you can redistribute them whenever you want to, so long as you're not in combat. Fantastic. Yep. I was curious yep. about that too. Yep. Otherwise, it kind of wouldn't work with their whole, you know, being able to switch yeah. your role. He also said he sent that from his iPod, which um. Uh, Congratulations. I, I yeah, yeah. That one. You got enough product to work properly. Well done. <laughs> um, and finally, from Poppy K. It says, Hi all, I've recently started listening to the podcast. It's a great way to get my Guild Wars 2 fill, and I'm loving it, as well as the events like Pi Day. I know it's a bit of an aside, but I had a question that I meant to write during the Cantha New Year, but got distracted. Anyway, I was wondering if you think that the Cantha New Year Festival will help and will happen in Guild Wars 2 next year. Hopefully it's been released by then. As it will be the Year of the Dragon, and whether that is just a coincidence that the game will be out around that time. Keep up the good work, Puppy K. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, I hope that they actually get to celebrate that thing. <sighs> that sounds so interesting. It will happen. It will happen if the game is out by then. Like, no... <laughs> Big Chaz no, is going to go to Seattle and put a knife to, like, Mike O'Brien's throat if it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, well, I might be going know, to PAX. I might be going to PAX in September. I might be able to. <laughs> well, I'll be at Gamescom. I will, I will ask people at Gamescom. So, yeah. yeah. And I'll have to shout out to Puppy K. He's actually one of my good Of course, they could also, you know, just say, maybe, maybe. <laughs> and then disappoint you, like always. But, yeah. You know, I didn't realize that next year was the Year of the Dragon, so that's really interesting thing to note. And I'm hoping mm. so. I hope it's out by then. Let's hope so. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah. Be annoying. We also have some iTunes comments. Yes, I, I marred my computer with iTunes earlier on. So uh, we had a comment this week come from Cam. Somebody, please answer. Who didn't actually ask a question? Um, saying keep the length. I my, um, myself am loving the long episodes. This podcast is boredom's worst nightmare. Smiley face. 
Um, and sorry for last week's, because it was an hour rather than two hours, as have they started becoming. So, yes. Sorry. And, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, Relics is also compiling a Guild Wars community list, so any Guild Wars online racers out there, get in touch. Uh, send a 180 by 180 pixel e- uh, via- picture via email to relicsoforr at gmail.com. Our Guild Wars Guild is also recruiting. Uh, see our form the application process. We have precisely two spaces left. Um, so uh, get in quick, otherwise we will um, work out our overflow method. At least, at the very least, there will be a database where you can come join us in Guild Wars 2. Um, and if anyone should happen to leave our wonderful home in the meantime, uh, you can kind of slide in there afterwards. Um, iTunes comments, we will read them on the show. And since I have now added um, iTunes to my PC, even if I'm doing the show, I will I will add it. I will read them out. Uh, let us know if you don't um, leave your comment in an American country uh, via email. Otherwise, we'll probably miss it. Um, I did check the UK ones earlier on. I think... I might need to go add a few back, but I wasn't sure we read them all out already. They were quite a long while ago, so yeah. Um, there is swag in the Zazzle store now. Uh, you can go find it on our homepage uh, on the top left. Uh, go buy yourself some t-shirts. There's also a donate button there if you want to donate to our show, but of course this week we'd rather you donate it to the Japanese Red Cross instead. You can get a hold of us or send us your mp3s at relicsoforr at gmail.com. You can also call us at 708-202-9262. We are on Twitter and Facebook, and go join, because starting next week, I will start doing some stuff on Twitter, giving out some stuff in-game, because Ryan stupidly gave me the means to tweet on the Rex War account. Ha 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 Regardless of your affiliation... You might have to kick Tasha from this show. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't have put his faith in me, honestly. Um... Regardless of your affiliation, if you want to talk about Guild Wars or any other games that are on your mind, um, come visit us on our forums. Uh, you can do so um, on the front page, and cha- uh, Tiger is typing uh, at the same time, and it's distracting me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't mind me, don't mind me. Okay. Um, we're also looking for female bloggers, uh, so you can email us as well. Also, audio. We're looking for female bloggers? <laughs> You can look for them as much as you want. Doesn't mean they're gonna be interested, in Chaz. <laughs> there are no girls on the internet. Absolutely. Uh, also, yeah, you guys are all just figments of my imagination. <laughs> you guys, you've been listening to Split Infinity Radio too much. We have a an advert that basically says exactly that. Um. Anyway, yes, looking for audio snippets and intros from community members. If you want to do so. Go record them, send us your mp3s at relicsforwar at gmail.com. Also, on our front page, um, there is the vote for the Gemini duet uh, a few weeks ago. Spirit Hime donated some money to Relicsforwar, and now Jim and Ryan have to sing a song. Uh, this is the first week of voting uh, for the song. There's 30 options up there. Uh, you can vote for the ones that you want them to sing. And next Friday, we'll close it off, and we'll just narrow it down to the top five, and we'll do another week of voting, and then I will make them sing it regardless of what happens. So yeah, there's some good songs in there, and there's also some terrible songs in there. It's up to you whether you want them to sing a good song or an awful song and humiliate themselves. So yes, it really is up to you. I vote for humiliation. Come on, guys. Yeah, I haven't actually checked. Who's currently winning, but I know that um, Guy Love was up there, and so was like a whole new world, I think, from Aladdin or something like that. There was some really, really terrible songs up there. At any rate, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and fine. Oh yeah. Do you guys have anything you want to pimp this week? Pimp? Yep. As in like any events, any sites that you're particularly 
wanting to do a shout out to? No, no, not really, actually. No? Okay. All right. I thought I'd throw that in there just in case. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, finally, a big thanks to the awesome rock stars over at ArenaNet. Thank you, Tiger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we will we'll send you our panties soon. Um, Doghouse <laughs> System, the listeners, like you, as well as all the fan sides out there that make our job so much easier. Thank you, guys. And, uh, yeah, hope you I- enjoyed the show. Um, finally, it's time for Wheel of Morality. So, Wheel of Morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. If everything seems to be going well, you obviously overlooked something. Yeah, that works. Catch you guys later. Yeah, peace. Oh, by the way, stay tuned. Um, we have got a mashup by, you know, the awesomeness of the New Zealander. So, enjoy. Oh boy, this is my favorite part. Time for the weekly mashup. This is where we play you the best bits from previous episodes because you were too busy. Oh my goodness, you mean some people don't even listen to every episode. The only possible excuse this week is because you were too busy kicking in the front seat, sitting in the back seat, making up your mind which seat to take. World of Warcraft was your drunken frat party with the troll running around with a lampshade on his head. Oh shit, that's hot. I had to wash all the gacky thon. Yeah, that was most likely CG. Either that or they set fire to something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just goes to show that ArenaNet are really just a bu- bunch of trolls, you know? <laughs> a year ago, these blogs and podcasts wouldn't dare cross you. And what happened? Did your cons drop off? You gotta kill via Sura Scan. I'd be a pirate talking to myself that sounds like a slightly lower talking pirate. And he may like your balls also. Here it comes. Hold on. Here it comes. Uh, just a flesh wound. And that night you ended up narrating my dreams, and Chaz was quite mean in my dream. You shall not pass. Except for empathy. Empathy will always be my monster. <laughs> yeah. Under the bed. You know, this kind of reminds me of the relationship between Guildcast and Relics of War. I'm not going to say who is which one, but let's just say Guildcast is a little simpler than us and easier to use. Back in Nam, eh, we didn't have Guild Wars. We didn't well, have dervishes. trenches. And his greatest phrases were, uh, always eat your ice cream, make sure you pee once an hour, and never trust a fart. I think pie should be placed on the front of every train, so that if anybody gets hit, it's at least a little bit funny. of all.
Relics of War. Relics of War. Relics of War.